We've got seven-figure amazing seller Tomer from Israel today who's going to give us some game-changing techniques for listing optimization and keyword research that blew even my mind. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast. My name is Bradley Sutton, and I've got an awesome guest today, Tomer. Tomer, how's it going? Very good, Bradley. How are you? I'm doing just ducky. I love saying that. I don't know why I keep saying that, but that's, that's going to be my new catchphrase. My dad would be very proud if he heard me say that. But anyways, Tomer, I wanted to talk to you about some serious things because there's a lot of misinformation out there as far as keyword planning, keyword research, and you have some super unique techniques that you've been using for years that has helped you become you know, one of the leading Amazon sellers. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. One of those Techniques is actually one of the foundations that our CTO used to make a new tool in Cerebro earlier this year. So that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. Tomer, how did you use to prioritize your keywords and, and how would you do that before we had the multi-ASIN comparison feature in Cerebro? Yeah, so even forget about the multi-ASIN thing, even before like the search volume, um, I used to do this. So what I used to do is to take note of the best competitors based on their BSR and everything that are similar to the product I'm going to launch. And I was checking their ranking for different keywords. So if I type in a keyword, let's say silicone spatula, and all of my competitors appear on the first page, that means they are all getting sales from that keyword. But if I type a keyword like uh, kitchen utensils, for example, and none of them appear on that um, on the first page, even if it has more search volume, then it means they're not getting as many sales probably, or it's not even converting as well as Silicon spatula. Now I'm only guessing here, but I was basically looking for keywords that are super relevant, which means all of my main competitors, direct competitors are all at least on the first page or the second page and so on and so on. And that's how I chose the keywords I'm going to use to rank my products when I launch. Um, and so on, and then build my title, bullet points, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that, that makes so much sense because I think, you know, whether there's search volume, the estimated ones, or that exact phrase search volume that we had for the last 15 months that we no longer have access to, so many people were just focusing on search volume. But just like you said, we don't know the conversion rate of the keywords. It, it could very well be a 100,000 search volume keyword, you know, maybe only is converting 5,000 of them into sales. But then a 10,000 search volume keyword could be converting just the same amount. So it's not to say that the 100,000 search volume keyword is 10 times as good or 10 times as valuable. So that's a, a big danger in just worrying about search volume. Now, another interesting thing that you mentioned is that you really got to make sure that visually the search results match your product. Because like, you know, if, if a whole bunch of search results don't even look like your product, only one of them it looks like yours, that means the buyer's organic tendencies would probably be to buy a product that's not like your product. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And some keywords are just like for window shoppers, you know, like kitchen utensils. I don't even know how, mu how many sales that keyword even generates. Um, and if you take silicon spatula, it probably converts a lot better for silicon spatulas, for example. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. And so, I mean, and actually that's the thing too, you know, of course I work for Helium 10, you know, I think our tools are great and it's important that people use the tools, but I think too many people now are trying to use tools to replace or to automate too much of it. 
tools cannot replace human intuition. You know, there's not a tool that can go out there and analyze the images necessarily on a page one and say, Hey, this does look like your product or it doesn't look like your product. You've got to just physically look at it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for the keywords you choose to launch with like super URLs or whatever keywords you focus on when you launch, you have to make sure those keywords are super, super relevant for your product, not crazy high volumes or anything like that. That's less important. If you ask me, the important thing is they, first of all, they are super relevant. After that, you can look at search volume and whatever it is you want to look at. But the first thing we look at is that they are super relevant. And when you say relevant, it's kind of relevant to the buyer, right? That's the most important. Yeah. Because I I think the, the, a lot of people were brainwashed, you know, last year people would come up to me and say, Hey, I need to make sure my listing is, is super relevant, you know, to Amazon. And, and it is true. You know, if you want to have like what I call ranking juice or whatever, you know, you do need to make your, your listing relevant to Amazon. And of course, you know, the way we do that is by putting something in phrase form in the title or, you know, duplicating it or whatever. But at the end of the day, being relevant to Amazon does not give you a sale. You know, if, if it's, if you're irrelevant to the buyer. Yeah. So, you know, like uh, the classic example that I keep using is how I was, trying to rank a face toner for one of my clients. And actually the Amazon relevancy score gave Canon cartridge toner or something like that. hundred percent relevancy. Well, that that's meaningless. Yes. I'm hundred yeah. percent relevant, but if I try to get on page one, there is not one person who's going to buy a beauty toner just because I'm relevant to Amazon because it's irrelevant to them. So with that in mind, what is your strategy to make sure that you are choosing the most buyer relevant keywords? Yeah. So the way I see things in Amazon, and that's the way I've always seen it is that everything is based off of your competition. So if you think about the product you chose, it was based off of the competition. And then you try to improve it. You read the negative reviews, you talk to suppliers and you think, how can you improve the product and make it better? And then you have hopefully higher conversion rate than your competitors and they will buy your product and everything is great. Now, everyone stops there when it comes to keyword research or images or anything else, they just start from scratch and they start keyword research from scratch and the images from scratch. They take their product to the photographer and they start everything from scratch. The way we do things is we take our top five, seven competitors and we take all of their titles, all of their bullet points, all of their images, and we improve that first. And only after we, let's say we took seven titles right now, we put what all do you of mean them in by front taking their images and improving? That's something that's new to me. So like, what do you mean by that? So let's say we look at all of their main images um, and we, we look at how can we make our product stand out from those seven competitors, but not like doing any, something completely different. Let's say they're all pretty much the same in image. We will just maybe change the angle. Maybe we'll add the packaging on there. Maybe we'll do something just to stand out, but we do everything else the same. So if you look at both, you know that ours is better. Not, ah, okay. It's not just different. It's better. So it's very clear that it's better. Um, And we do that with everything. We do that with the title, with the bullet points, because we don't need the best listing in Amazon. We just need a better listing than all of our competitors. That's that's a great point. That's a great point. So then you you look for now, you know, the way that I understand how your strategy worked was you would also run reverse ASIN tool on a lot of your main competitors that you are already analyzing their images and stuff and see kind of like, what are they on page one for, you know, in other words, what are they organically converting for? And then you wouldn't just look at one competitor, right? How many would you pick? So it depends on the product. 
It depends on how competitive the product is and everything. Usually we chose up to 10 competitors um, and that, that was it pretty much, but it really depends. Um, yeah. And manually you can't do that many as well. So it really yeah. depends. So then what would your process be? You're checking what your five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, whatever competitors are all ranking for. And then what's the next step? So the next step is to build your title. So you take all of their titles, you check that they are all ranking for those keywords. You check that all of them are on the first page for those keywords. And then you try to improve that title. Now, if all of those titles are short, our title is going to be short as well because it's working. If all of them are Ah, long, we're going to do a long title. So we try to look for commonalities in those listings and just duplicate the process, but improve it at the same time. And we do that over and over again throughout the listing just to make sure that our listing is better in every criteria there is title, bullet points, images, description, EBC, anything. So that's the process. It's very simple, but that's how you can make sure that you're actually better than everyone else. You are not guessing because if you start keyword research from scratch, then you're guessing. You have no idea if you're better or not than anyone. Okay. Okay. So then Here's a, here's a question for you. Do you, when you are picking your competitors, let's say some of the top ones in that niche are brand names. Do you exclude those from your comparison or do you include those and why or why not? So usually we only include FBA sold type of brands and not AMZ or FBM. Okay. But again, it depends if it's like a one-off and maybe they are making like 60% of all of the sales, then we'll probably include that in as well because it's important. But if it's just a one-off or whatever, we will usually uh, disregard it and just ignore it completely. Ah, okay. Good to know. Good to know. So now you've made your listing. You've improved the images based on your competitors' images. You've improved the title while still keeping what kind of thematically, I guess, you know, all obviously shows to convert for for that niche. And I do agree. I never thought about that, but that totally makes sense. Some niches, you'll see like all the titles of the best performing products are all short. Other ones, they're, they're longer. So that's a totally a great. Yeah, Bradley, even more than that, I will say that, it, let's say, you know, titles usually have like uh, the variation, we call it. Like in my, uh, with my team and everything, we call it the variation. So that means yeah. the quantity, color, or size. Sometimes you will see it at the beginning of the title. Sometimes it's in the middle. Sometimes it's all the way at the end. Sometimes it's not even in the title. So um, we look again at the commonalities, maybe uh, having it at the beginning saying two pack or five pieces or black or whatever, maybe that's working. So we'll do the same. Okay. We're not going to choose that because it's working for everyone. Um, So we do that over and over again. And only after, only after we created our title, that's when we go in to magnet or whatever. And we use a tool to find more keywords. Maybe they missed keyword with a lot of search volume and we type that keyword in and we see our competitors there, but none of them are putting it in their title, then it's important. It's relevant. It's important. They all missed it. And now I can put it in and now I have a better title than everyone else. Ah, um, okay. But we start, we start the research only after the first part, which is taking all of what the competitors did, improve it. And then we start the research and we do that with everything. So that, that's great. So then the goal is you're going to try and, capitalize on obviously what your competitors are doing that's working so that maybe you can get to their level, but then what takes you above their level is by then finding out the keywords that they may have missed. And that theoretically actually will catapult you to even do better than them. Exactly. 
Oh, okay. So now you have your listing, it's indexed, it's live. You're not making many sales yet. Your wank for all those keywords that you targeted are important keywords because your competitor is ranking for it. How are you monitoring your improvement and how do you try to catch up your sales velocity to those top competitors? <laughs> well, I wish there was a tool for that. I don't <laughs> know any tool that does that now. Um, I do hope that Helium 10 can add uh, tracking the ranking based off the competitors because that's uh, what's needed to be done. So Cerebro, but like keep track of what's going on based on your competitors for keywords that you want to track. Um, but I don't really know how to answer that. I mean, yeah. that's a bit complex. We do have a strategy with PPC. Um, okay. to, so what we do with PPC is basically what you need to understand about PPC, especially when you launch a product, is that anything you do up to this point, what we are talking about right now, keyword research, keyword research, um, planning, everything, we are only guessing. We don't know because Amazon doesn't give us the conversion rate on anything. So we have no idea how our product is going to perform with, with Silicon Spatula. I don't know how it's going to perform. I have no idea. I'm just guessing it will do well, yeah. but I don't really know. So PPC is the only tool that gives us the exact, um, uh, the exact numbers of what's working and what's converting and what's not and everything. Interesting. So, so what we do with PPC after a while, like after a month or two months or whatever, after it's running for a while, what I suggest for everyone to do, you can do it right now, go to an old product that you're selling, like a few months or a year or whatever, and go to the exact keywords ad group. Okay? Then you choose lifetime on the top and you arrange everything by the number of orders, by the number of sales you had for that specific, um, that specific uh, ad group. So okay. then you will see usually, usually you will see like anywhere between three to 10 keywords that are getting at least 50% of the sales. That's usually what happens with most products. Yeah. Now, those keywords are the ones that you probably want in your title, bullet points, uh, title for sure, and then check bullet points as well. And maybe you, you want to have them in different phrases in the title, like having yoga mat and then exercise mat, both maybe in the same title, even if the word mat appears twice, because both might be super important for you. Um, and again, you want to check competitors that to make sure that those keywords are actually relevant as well. And you're not just putting stuff there that don't make much sense. And obviously check that the ACOS is pretty good on those keywords. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the process we do. So a lot of people, after they create a listing, they have the product live and they didn't just stop. The listing is perfect. Yeah, we don't need yeah. to change it, but they need to understand that now they have data from PPC and they need to use that data to even uh, to now really improve their listing based on that new data um, that just came in. Okay. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you, a lot of this information I just have kind of secondhand from Manny and, and Boyan when they talk to you. This is actually the first time you and I have ever talked live. But yeah. um, the way I understand it is that one metric or one thing that your team really looks at is or monitors on like a daily or a weekly basis. I'm not sure you can tell me, but is like your relative rank on certain keywords compared to your competitors. Like regardless of what page they're on, on a certain keyword, you want to make sure that you are showing up before them. Is that something that you do? Yeah, because let's say, so we track our competitors uh, obsessively, I will say. 
So we have a spreadsheet. So it's similar. Imagine X-Ray. Okay. X-Ray, we have a similar uh, spreadsheet for each of our products, uh, for each of our products. Um, so let's say we have 20 competitors in there and let's say I have, um, 200 reviews and let's say five more competitors have 50 reviews, but they're all killing it in sales, selling more than me. We have the same number of reviews, similar product, similar everything, and they're killing me. So that means I'm doing something wrong. I need to fix my listing in some way or my ranking or my PPC or my images or something to improve my product because I can get more sales, right? That basically means I can get more sales from those people because I should do better than them at the moment. So we try to analyze everything. And yes, it's images and everything. It's also keywords. And if all of them... So what we try to do is if I see that all of them are ranking for a keyword better than me, I will bid heavily on PPC on that specific keyword because maybe that's the big difference here. Maybe that's what taking the taking out the sales for myself. So just by like increasing your bid, you're shown more and possibly start converting more. And just that by itself is going to increase the, the keyword rank then? Yeah. Yeah. Because again, I, I make sure again that I have the better listing, the better images, better everything, the price, everything needs to be better or at least on the same level as the competitors. And then there is no reason why I shouldn't rank better than them after a few more sales from PPC and everything. What else can you tell me about some of your process? Because almost everything, I mean, a lot of the things that you have talked about today, if not everything is, is I think pretty unique. You know, not a lot of people are using these strategies. What other, I mean, especially the one that blew my mind today about is about the titles and, and the images. I was, those are things that I think most of us don't even think about, but it just totally makes sense now that you mentioned it. What other uh, yeah, strategies well, would you highly recommend? Uh, I honestly, to tell you the truth about Helium 10, I didn't watch a lot of your videos or many's videos because I think I use it in a bit of a different way than you now that you have that feature uh, that I requested in Cerebro. So what this is the process we're doing. So we go to Cerebro, we put them. So this is for a new product. Okay, this is like a brand new product. I don't even have our product live yet. I'm just doing research. So I put the main competitor in Cerebro, like the best VSR, the ones that sells probably the most and everything. We put that main competitor there and then we put related ASINs, uh, like five to, to seven of the main competitor ASINs. Um, if you don't know who the main competitor is, you can also use magnets to find like the main competitor if you want. But just we just take like five or seven competitor ASINs and put them in there. And then we arrange everything by either competitor performance score or competitor rank average, right? Which is yep. what you added. Yep. Uh, but my request and that will basically give you the most important keywords you want to focus on. Yep. Um, and that's what you really want to do now. Uh, if it's a, a live product already, instead of that main competitor ASIN, you can just put your ASIN and then compare it to like five, seven, 10 different competitors. And that's where you really um, see where you're at. And if you see like you are number, let's say you put seven competitors and you are number eight, on those keywords and it's like a seasoned product and you're selling pretty well, you can do a lot better if you're going to bid heavily on exact match on those keywords or phrase or whatever it is, just bid heavily on those keywords and you will do much better. Um, and you want to keep track of what's going on with the keywords. You're not yet ranking well uh, compared to those competitors. That's, that's great. Yeah. That, that's actually similar to the technique that, that I've been teaching, you know, back in the day, you, you probably did something similar, but you know, there's always been, or not always, but you know, for the last few years, there have been some kind of reverse ASIN tool. So I would run reverse ASIN tool on, you know, five, six different ASINs, export to Excel, 
And then I would put all of them together and have to run pivot tables and things and, and see which were the you know similar ones and then the rank. So was that kind of like similar to what exactly. you would have to do back in the day yeah. before this? Yeah, exactly. This just saves you a lot of time. Um, but yeah, yeah, we did something very similar to that. Okay. What, what else? We have time for maybe one more cool technique. Like I'm very curious as to how like unique ways that you use the, the Helium 10 tools, because that's where I learned the most is somebody would just tell me like, oh, I use, you know, this, this one. I'm like, whoa, I never thought of that way. What's one other thing that you think you do unique? Uh, what I can talk about a bit is a bit more about images. So uh, you mentioned images before. Um, we took down images. We po- broke it down to a science now. <laughs> um, well, I'm definitely interested so, to hear this. So, I mean, I try to systemize everything and have processes for everything with my team. All of the, my entire team is based in the Philippines. So they just need very simple systems and processes they can follow, obviously. So we have a process called image planning. What we do is we take those, let's say, seven competitors, and we take all of their main images, put it in slide number one, like in a you know, PowerPoint slide. Then all of the second images, slide number two, third image, slide number three, and so on and so on. And then we look for commonalities. Now, I see like different blog posts and everything. You need to do um, a comparison chart or you need to do lifestyle images, or you need to do whatever, or this is too much text, this needs text, and so on and so on. Now, there is no right or wrong with any of that. What, what is right is to take all the competitors, look for commonalities, and then improve what they're doing. So I mentioned that in the main image, but let's say everyone has comparison charts, we're going to have one as well. Everyone has a lifestyle images, we're going to have them as well. But if no one has lifestyle images, maybe it's not that important to have those. Um, so we just try to um, improve everything. And obviously, we're going to use all the real estate Amazon is giving us, uh, all of the images, uh, EBC, everything. But also EBC, everyone has like a favorite template maybe. But there is no right template. The template that works is the one that works for your competitors. And take the same plain template and just improve the images, improve the copy and everything else. Um, and that's the process we do for every product. Every single product uh, that we launch, we do this process. Uh, buy our competitors' uh, products, look at their follow-up emails, improve those because we want to get more reviews than they get, like organically and so on and so on. So we do that process for everything you can imagine. Um, I, I love that. I mean, uh, especially the, the images, you know, I never thought about that, laying it all out and seeing what works and then improving. Are, are there cases where it's, you don't feel you can improve the images? I mean, cause some of these companies are so big, they probably have amazing photography teams or when you say well, improve, it also just means kind of differentiate or, or what do you well, mean? By I that? think, I think that if from your top seven competitors, all of them have like killer images and you can't improve any of that, it might be too competitive to go into, to be honest. Good point. Um, Good point. So, so yeah. Um, I, I mean, you need to use your common sense. You can as, uh, also use uh, websites like PicFu or whatever you want um, to make sure that your yours are actually better than theirs. But imagine this: a lot of a lot of guys go to their photographer with a product and tell them, "Look, take this product and take images, and that's it." And then you use those images with your graphic design and everything. But if you go to your photographer and you're ready with all of the competitors' images, and you give him, "Look." This is the main image of all of our competitors. We need something that is a bit better. He will know what to do. That's oh, his profession. I love that. He will I love know that. how to tackle that and improve your, your image. Um, because that's his job, basically. And yeah. the same with the copy. If you go to a copywriter with blank and just give them keywords, 
it's nice, but if you give them all of the bullet points of the competitors and tell them, look, this is everything we got. These are the keywords we want you to focus on and improve. Just make sure ours is better in the bullet points and everything. You can get a much better listing that way. Yeah. Uh, Man, yeah. That, that's good. That's golden. Uh, I mean, it's rare sometimes that, you know, I interview people and it's kind of like stuff we all hear over and over again, but almost everything that you're saying today is semi new to me. And uh, I'm sure to all of our listeners. Everyone. Come on. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, nobody knows it's, uh, the, the podcasts aren't live yet. So yeah, I, I technically could be telling that no, but no, seriously, th- th- this is good. This is great stuff. So just cool. one, one last thing going, going backwards, talking about when you're pulling your competitors whether it's for the images, whether it's for their bullet points, whether it's to check their keywords, all of these strategies seems to be based on pulling the competitors. Now, this is one thing that I teach and I just want to kind of see if you agree with it. So what I teach, and I think this is, is your technique too, is if I already know my main keyword, yeah, you know, probably my main competitors are on my main keyword, but if I see a listing that is on my main keyword, you know, even if it's ranked number one or two, or even if it has Amazon's choice, but if it's completely different than my product, I'm not going to include that in my comparison. Like think Boyan, I don't know if he got this example from you or who he got it from, but he used the example of accordion. You know, there's kids accordion and there's, you know, professional accordion. One is $40, one is 500. If I have a kid's accordion, I'm not going to compare my images. I'm not going to compare my keywords to the so adult accordion. Is that correct? Or That's a solid point. So when I told you we have like a spreadsheet for each product that we track, we make sure that all of those products are similar in price and are like similar in the product itself. So yoga mats, they have very big ranges of pricing, right? You have $10 yoga mats and you have 50 and you probably have $200. So the price range that we put is only 20% difference uh, from the Uh, products we compare to each other. Um, Because even, um, let's say, um, let's say silicone spatula. So a silicone spatula five set or a 10 set or a single is going to be a completely different price. So we might put those in three different sheets to track. Um, Because again, it's a different product for us. It's not the same product and we're not, and we're going to look at them as individual different products just because of the reason you mentioned. Um, you can't compare, uh, you want to compare apples to apples, basically. Exactly. Okay, good. It's good to know that I'm doing, I'm teaching the right way. So like somebody <laughs> smarter than right. me yeah. teaches the same thing as me, then I know I'm on the right track. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, Tomer, thank you so much. I mean, I can't believe this has already been almost 30 minutes. You have been just giving us some amazing techniques that I know I'm going to start teaching right away. And hopefully our audience is going to be able to, you know, implement these. Now you yourself, you don't have your own course or you don't have, you know, something to sell, which is, you know, one thing why I really appreciate that you're coming on here, but is there any way that, that somebody can contact you if they have more questions or? Um, not really. (laughs) No problem. No problem. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, no, they can find me on Facebook and just message me and we'll talk. Okay. Uh, All right, guys, find him on Facebook and this guy knows his stuff. So Tomer, thank you so much again for your time. I know it's like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock over there where you're at in the nighttime. So I appreciate it. All right, Tomer, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later.